Looking for something fun to do tonight? Monday, August 20th, 2012, and you live in New York City? Come check out Dog Fleet, the comedy show that I co-wrote and uh, act in at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in New York City. Alien dogs fighting an alien wasp for uh, the love and control of Washington 3D. Basically, it's uh, like an early 90s after-school TV show live in your face. Come check it out. You'll have a lot of fun. 9.30 tonight, if you're listening to this, Monday, August 20th, 2012. Hey, band, do you want to come in and start playing this song to introduce the show? Well, it's that episode, not that episode, not that episode. It's that episode. It's that episode with Craig Rowan. Welcome to It's That Episode with Craig Rowan, the show where I invite a guest over to watch any TV show they want, and we talk about it and a bunch of other crap. Uh, Today, my very special guest is a film critic. Uh, He's written for many publications, Elle Magazine, Cineast, Stop Smiling. Uh, He's written for the Criterion Collection. He's also my older brother... And we've known each other since the day I was born. Please welcome Michael Rowan. Hello. How you doing, Michael? I'm doing good. Was that a proper introduction? That was that was very proper. And also, I forgot to mention, currently getting a PhD in film studies. Yes, at the University of Florida. So right now, you are one of the a very highly decorated um, person to be watching and criticizing television. Yeah, I, I guess so. Um, you and also my first relative to be on the show. Yes, and I I think um I was thinking about this. I think the first non comedian. Um. So I have to really. Well, we'll see when this airs. It depends when this airs. Oh, okay. Yes, because we're getting a lot of politicians on the show in the next. Yeah, for the the upcoming uh, presidential election. Yeah, we're gonna have topical. some some uh, big wigs in the Democratic and Republican Party. We're a non biased uh, podcast. Um, sure. Also, to anybody who's listening, uh, good luck telling our voices apart um, because yeah. they are sort of similar. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't. I don't think so. But we've definitely been told that so many times that. Yeah, it, it it'll be a concern. Um, so, so, so welcome, um, Michael. This is Craig talking. Yeah. Um, so, why don't we talk about? So, what show did you choose to watch today? Well, I didn't so much choose it as, as you recommended it and yes. and agree to it. Um, but but I I like the recommendation and uh, yeah, I think it, it's a good idea. Um, so I have to I have to say first, you know, because we we've discussed doing this for a while, really since. You started doing this podcast, um, doing a show together, doing a podcast together, and um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I thought of you know shows that I really love, like Twin Peaks, but then I'd really have to. It's been a long time since I saw that, and um, I'd really have to go back and watch again. I just didn't have time to do that. And I was thinking, like, something we grew up watching together and really loving, and that really influenced us, uh, you know, in in my life and 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 in your life and in your work, uh, something like the Simpsons. Um, but you thought like, uh, and I, I understand that the Simpsons is like too good, you know, well, it's so good. Uh, it's just that I yeah. was like afraid that it would become us being fanboys of the Simpsons yeah, and, yeah. and which is great, which we, I mean, it did, was a big influence on us, but I figured maybe not the, you know, I've read tons of things just giving like tons of acclaim to The Simpsons. I thought, which it fully deserves, but I thought maybe it would be more fun to do something a little bit more obscure. And the show that yeah. I cho- that I suggested is a very interesting show. Yeah, and it, and it is personal too. Like, yeah, know, in a are, very yeah. weird way because the show, so the show is called They Came from Outer Space, which we have the Wikipedia open to it, which is incredible because it was. A com is a sci-fi comedy that was on TV from October 1990 to March 1991, which means it was on for one season. There were only, I think, something like 20 episodes, and it's I, I've I it's feel very like, obscure. I feel like I've never really talked to anybody except for you that might have seen the show. Yeah, actually, recently I, I was telling someone that um, I was going to be doing this with you, uh, and they came for, from outer space. 
And they were like, oh, yeah, my father loves that show. I think that was the first time ever in my whole life that I heard of any – like, yeah, I've definitely mentioned this show to people and they're just like, what? Really? Like, well, even the fact that the reason that it's, we're able to watch it is they put it on Hulu and it's like, why why this <laughs> show? Like, I guess the company – whatever oh, production man. company put it out or whatever studio has the rights are – you know they're able to put it on but like who is asking for this show it's waiting to be rediscovered by a whole well, new generation so to be honest this show was on 22 years ago which is insane that's amazing to think about yeah that is insane wow. so i'm guessing you probably haven't watched it since then no no you sent me a link i remember a while ago um to i think the pilot episode which when, I, when it first what came out on hulu and uh my computer is so old and, and crappy that it was just – when I was playing it, it was coming in really jerky and I was like, I can't watch it like this. But I remember – yeah, I watched like – I think like – I remember the theme song being really – watching that theme song again. I was just being like, this is – yep. Yeah, I always remember the theme song. They came from outer space. And I've watched one episode since it was been on Hulu and I can say maybe doesn't quite hold up in the way that uh, – I'm excited yeah. to see. Well, so and then why did you? So you chose the episode. You, you. Chose oh yeah. This, oh yeah. This yeah. Episode. That's so, true. Um. So it was a a tag team sort of situation. Yeah. I I chose the I, the only two things I remember the show. I remember the basic premise, which is that these two, uh, bro- alien brothers, um, come to Earth to sort of learn about Earth. I guess or. I don't know. Um, well, they, in the discover synops- Earth culture. Or in the synopsis here, they're supposed to go to Cambridge to like go to school, <laughs> and then they decide because they're like one of the guys is like a surfer dude, yeah, and the yeah, other one's yeah. a little straight laced. They decide yeah. to go to California. That's like the plot. Yeah. And then on top of that, which I totally forgot, which I guess is a big part, is that they're they're two like FBI agents after them that I totally forgot about. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so I, I understood the basic premise or I remember, sorry, the basic premise, um, besides the, they're being chased. But, uh, the, the only two things I remember about the show, there was an episode where they visit a sort of <clears throat> playboy, um, style mansion, uh, with a Hugh Hefner sort of character. And I, I remember as a 10, to 11 year old being very intrigued by that um obviously um it's just like bikini clad women and so on uh, and just being like hmm this intrigues me i'm feeling funny interesting things about this and and uh so on and then the other episode um i remember which which left more of an impression because i remember we would just always joke about it and talk about it um and it was very funny at least at that time was um this episode in <laughs> Something involving an Elvis type character or an Elvis type impersonator or something, and he has a song called uh, "Las Vegas Woman," which is sort of a, a you know so, his uh, uh, "Viva Las Vegas" song. So we or haven't. So we have neither of us have seen this episode for twenty two years, and right now I remember that song. It went, yeah, yeah. My Las Vegas woman is a out of sight. So yeah, that's a that's a rousing rendition. But so, but we'll get more. We'll get into this also after we do this. After we watch it. But why do you think we watched a ton of TV? Yeah, we watched oh a lot God. of TV. This was a Too show much. that was on for one season. So why do you think it is that this we because we were talking about? I think weren't you saying earlier this uh, yesterday maybe about Murphy Brown? You remember like one thing, <laughs> yeah. Murphy Brown? Yes, which exactly. We watched a lot. I remember watching. Yeah, I don't know why yeah. we watched that? But we watched it a lot. So why is this a show specifically that we both have a, a like a strong remembrance yeah. of and has a place in our hearts? Um, my just off the top of my head, I, I guess um, I would I would say that. Um, I would say that it's partly because of the obscurity of the show, and it's like this in joke sort of between us but, that but we that only we obs- we didn't know it was obscure when it was on. Not to be, I maybe I don't know. Maybe it just over time it developed that mm-hmm. way. Like we, we we were into it. Like we were into you know a whole, a whole bunch of you know who knows what you know Looney Tunes whatever else uh, we watched uh, a lot of, and then. I don't know, just over time, it just became, hey, remember that, like, you know, this right. weird, this weird thing and whatever happened to that and nobody ever talks about it and never like took off at all in the culture. So it became this sort of insular little joke or, um, yeah, I guess, but there you know, is, thing I don't know. I actually do remember like the themes, like it does. I think yeah. it also must be that it's on top of that. It is, it's twin brothers. They have like a weird connection. Oh yeah. Maybe, would, huh. Like, and it's sci-fi. It was stupid, fun sci-fi too. Like, which is. 
But the the cool thing that I remember from the show that sticks out is that it was two brothers, Bo and Abe. Yeah. And great names, by the way, for uh, characters. They sort of had this weird connection that like because they're aliens and i looking it up the name of the planet they're from is planet crouton um (laughs) so stupid but they have these weird powers where they'll have a connection so if like let's say um somebody slapped Bo, abe would feel it yeah like they'd have this weird sort of like psychic connection yeah yeah and another thing i wrote recurring joke uh i remember a lot a lot of uh, that left impression from the show was that um I think Bo was the one who was more of the player, right. so to say. And he would, you know, kiss a woman and Abe would steam up. Yeah, there would be like steam yeah. coming out of his shirt. And I, I, I guess, um, you know, we didn't know, obviously know this at the time, but there was that Cheech and Chong movie, right? Where they play brothers or, or these two guys who have that same power. Hmm. They feel – do you know what I'm talking about? Mm, I, I caught it yeah. on TV once and I remember being like, oh, this is – yeah, the same sort of premise or whatever, same sort of gimmick as they came from outer space. It's called the Something Brothers. This Cheech and oh, Chong movie like, so sounds like a like acrobatic name, like the yeah, yeah, the, the flying from, like Mandini bro. I don't know, yeah. it's, it's something something weird like One that. Of the lesser and, known Cheech and Chong film. Yeah, I remember catching on Comedy Central like for five minutes and being like, ooh, don't think I'm going to stick around for this. Um, but yeah, uh, that that's definitely one of the lasting. Um, things about this show that I remember. Um, so now <clears throat> we're ab- about to watch it. Um, what are you going to be looking out for, or what do you expect to see when we watch this? Any any uh, predictions or anything? Well, one, one thing I've been thinking about uh, since we agreed to do this show is that this was definitely a period of American culture, and I, I remember from growing up where the California style really um permeated everything there right. was just this big uh, ocean pacific oh, gee, clothing um, Boy, all that. yeah th- uh, this sh- obviously the show wasn't really popular but like uh, even, even something like teenage mutant ninja turtles like michelangelo's cowabunga dude you know that sort of thing and i uh, remember we had a computer game called california games it was like a period where like skating and t- bill and ted's excellent adventure mm-hmm. like that sort of aesthetic and style of talking and um, was really big. So I'm sort of, I guess, looking out for that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like yeah. there will be a lot of very dated um, references or terms that are used that are, like, would never... like Tubular. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And probably even more obscure ones that are, like, them trying to create... Uh, <laughs> yeah, a lingo or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see that song the las vegas woman because i don't know how that has stuck in my brain for 22 some odd years that's pretty amazing so we'll see that excited to see bo and abe from action in action i think one of those guys i also the other connection i have to the show is which was the the uh, the more uh california guy bo bo, abe, bo bo i think so he has the cooler name but so he was would... also in um the movie men at work which huh. was uh, okay. with yeah, Emilio yeah. Estevez and Charlie, Charlie Sheen. What, another brother movie. Yeah, wow. it's all coming together, man. And he played a pizza man. And I remember loving that movie when I was a kid, too, and being like, whoa, like, Bo, because nobody <laughs> knew this show. Like, I remember yeah. nobody knew this show. And it was like, whoa, Bo from They Came From Outer Space is in Men at Work. Like, it somehow was like, even though the show was a flop and nobody knew it, like he still was able to do something. I don't know. There's sure. something like yeah. interesting to me about that. that that's funny. Um, cool. So why don't we, why don't we uh, take a watch? What do you say? Let's do this. They came from outer space. This duck holds my destiny. Destiny? Abe, you are not well. I'm perfectly lucid, Bo. Somehow, someway, this replica waterfowl holds the key to my future. You are a maniac with the duck. Bo, do you see what I see? All I see is an idiot who passed up a CD player for a toy duck. This is it! This is my destiny! That is a cardboard cutout. And if you plan on doing something weird with it, I suggest you use one of the cardboard girls. Once again, your shallow mind has overlooked the obvious. Now think, Boxy Maxio. Think, what does this duck have in common with Arlen Frazier, the rock and roll star. Well, gee, I don't know, Abe. Hundreds of things spring to the mind. The haircut! The haircut! It's called a ducktail. Yeah. The same as Arlen Frazier's. So what? 
So, there's more. The Lucky Duck is number 56, the same year Arlen made True Loving, the first Earth-transmitted movie which made its way to Crouton, a movie which, I might add, inspired my interest in the planet Earth. Bo, I think the duck is trying to tell me to have my picture taken with Arlen Frazier. It's now or never! You are not well. Okay. All right, we just finished watching They Came From Outer Space. Initial reactions. <laughs> um, wow. It's... Where to begin? It's really, really, really bad. It's a really bad TV show. Yeah, there, there's a reason why we are the only people. Yeah, <laughs> two of the only... Um, uh, to the very few people who remember the show at all. So let's give a quick synopsis of the episode. Oh, so the way, man, what is <laughs> it, it, to explain it is basically the show opens on them at a, at a, at like a fair of some sort, like on yeah. a Ferris wheel. They go off, they play one of the circus games to try to win. They only have $30 left in their bank account Yeah, to try to win money they play this game where they have like a magnet on a fishing hook to pick yeah. up a duck, and the duck has a number on the bottom, and the number correlates to a prize. They want to win a CD player, which we, which they would then sell for for hundreds of dollars. But when this Abe, is nineteen ninety, yeah, <laughs> this is. But Abe, who is quote unquote the luckiest person in the universe, says, "But oh, by the way, I've, we didn't mention the beginning. They're aliens, but they look like humans." Yeah, yeah, they completely fit in one thing i actually want to do say is i think looking back on it the best moment of the show is that they come off the ferris wheel they have two or three candy apples each in their hands that they're eating and they're so excited at being at this carnival i thought that was the best like it's not it's not funny really like it's not like laugh at like waka waka but it's just like charming yeah yeah like like you're just like yeah they're alien like they're excited to like experience the earth and and what people do you know and i it was really all downhill from there, literally. Yeah, because so they instead of taking the CD player after he wins, he's, he's allowed to choose anything, and he chooses the duck. And then there's this weird leap of logic that, like, yeah, the- because he has the duck, the duck tail is the haircut that their favorite musician wears. And it's basically – I mean, this is the best part of the episode to me is that – it's an Elvis Presley person exists in their world, but the Elvis Presley's name is instead of using the actual Elvis Presley, the name they made up is Arland Frazier, which is the least catchy, like also just the worst. Like it's not quite a parody of Elvis. Yeah, it's it just doesn't work on any level, and it, it's just Elvis. I mean, he's wearing like Elvis clothes. Yeah, the jumpsuit, says, the sequin jumpsuit. Oh God. yeah, yeah, and and then so yeah. It, um, Oh Lord! Uh, so, it's so, taxing like so, to try to. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's just like your mind will just blow up thinking about it. Uh, but Abe basically, um, yeah, he's like, so yeah, the duck, the ducktail, uh, Arlen Frazier. The ducktail he, he haircut was, is what the uh, ducktail haircut is what Arlen Frazier wore. Yeah, um, and he, and, and by the way, the number number fifty six, which is what the number of the uh, the duck was or whatever um, in this game. Um, that was the the year that Arlen Frazier put out his like first hit song or something. No, his first hit movie, which oh, they watched. Sorry, first that hit movie that Bo- Abe watched um, back on Planet Crouton, and that's what inspired him to be interested in Earth. Yeah. So basically, through all of that, they yeah. realize that we need to go to Las Vegas. What the fuck? Like, what? How is that? Yeah, it's it's just this weird sort of like you know, it, it, I, and I I'm really superstitious, and I have these weird thoughts. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm making weird connections, but it's like, what you know? So then, uh, on top of that. There's basically a cardboard cutout of Arlen Frazier at the fair. Yeah. And Abe's like, let me take a picture in front of him. The guy who's using a Polaroid camera takes a picture and this weird thing happens where <laughs> where, where Abe turns into Arlen Frazier. Abe basically. turns into Arlen Frazier and the cardboard cutout looks like Abe. And now Abe is stuck being Arlen Frazier and they call it – 
celebrity fusion syndrome. Yes, which is incurable too. Um, apparently, according to their computer monitor in their car, I want to say that. So we were watching this, and my prediction was that he was going to be like, "Oh yeah, there's this whole connection with Arlen Fraser and the duck and Ducktail, whatever, all that stuff." Let's go to Vegas and like bet everything on number fifty six because I'm the luckiest guy on earth, and and it's all coming together. Like that would have made like I would have been like, okay, I sort of get, it. but th- that moment of the. Or they could have just said you know, this. They could have just been like, "We need money. Let's go to Vegas." And then, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, Arlen exactly. Fraser playing, and let's bump heads. And now I'm like Arlen Fraser. Like there was like there were so many things that could have just been simplified. Yeah, like, it, but yeah, exa- well, it, in a way, it is simple because he instantly get the, the, the picture. He turns into Arlen Fraser, but in order to like your brain to process that is like. And, you know, I get, you know, it's sci-fi, it's aliens, I get it. And it's kind of fun. Like, I like that they can just do that. But at the same time, it's like, we're describing it now, it's just a headache. It's, it's, it's just a mess. It's and like <laughs> tedious to try to explain. Um, but then, so then they go to Vegas. Oh, no, they go to a psychiatrist. Yeah, they go to, because, uh, yeah, Bo wants to cure Abe of his um, Arlen Fraser delusions of grandeur or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Well, what I love about the uh, the psychiatrist uh, moment is that for, there there are two great things. One is that um, Abe as Arlen Fraser or whatever thinking is Arlen Fraser sits on the psychiatrist's couch. Psychiatrist, like, how long have you th- thought you were like this? something like that? Almost instantly tries to cure him through electroshock therapy. Immediately. Immediately. This is by the way, 1990 to 1991. It's just like. What you know? It, I think that was maybe the, the the photo fusion thing that happened is the first moment. But the psychiatrist thing was like, okay, this is purely cartoonish. Well, I think like, I think what it is you is know, that also the acting is really hammy and terrible. I think that this is truly, truly meant for five to ten year olds or something like. I don't. That's know. the that's question: just, is who was the show made for? It, it is at it is the parts that is adult is like. Bo is a horn dog. Yeah. He mentions having sex constantly. He uses the term interactive pleasure, which is like when when yeah, he's I, trying to get Abe to have sex with this woman so he can oh feel God, it. That's so and weird. Like he, and he like yeah, he wants Abe to get lucky so he will feel the physical pleasure so of sex. Like, who, so yeah, utterly who bizarre. Is this for because the acting that's and weird. the plot points and everything is so cartoonish and childish. But the, the there are a lot of themes in it that are just very adult, which is very yeah. There there are a lot of scantily clad women throughout it. I mean, I get you know I was saying before when I, I was you were younger. I, I don't I don't know if you felt this way, but you know I ten was six, so. yeah. But you know ten eleven years old, like you know that's you know the first inklings of being you know whatever um, oncoming. Uh, puberty and all that stuff so you know like yeah i remember being like that that aspect of the show being intriguing but it, it was also like yeah i don't but i don't even remember as a kid like really because i i you know i vaguely remember it but as i was saying earlier like i feel i remember it more for like oh remember this weird show that we watch that nobody else remembers it's really like i don't remember any jokes it's it's just not clever there's nothing clever Some or of the interesting jokes were just bombs like, like they, awful really bad like writing the worst, like, i think the worst was because it was such an obvious setup is like abe as arland frazier is won a lot of money at a slot and because he as arland frazier thinks he's rich he starts just giving out the money and and the manager the floor manager of the casino runs up to like the front desk is like some idiots giving out free money in slot number 17 and bo who's looking for abe is like wait a minute where's slot number 17 oh, and then yeah, and yeah. the floor manager goes right next to slot 16 you could say it was it was it's, like they, oh, they, it's that see, level yeah of... you could see that when they were even saying the lines that they were trying to do it as like vaudevillian or like yeah I- but it's even like sub vaudeville. It's not even like, like, you know, actually one show I was interested in doing this podcast for was um, Police Squad, which is one of my all time favorite shows. And that has a level of like, I mean, it's a, it's absurdist humor. It's psych gag humor. Um, it, it's uh, very corny humor. Uh, it was it was made, by the way, by the uh, Zucker, Abraham Zucker uh, team that did uh, Airplane and Naked Gun and uh, Top Secret and all all that great stuff, but like their corny stuff is like I can't explain the feel. Like you really have to have a sense of it to 
put it over yeah. to make it work and and to not not make it like be like oh groan they but to make it like oh my god that's actually like it, it you know it's it's that sort they, of Marx sell the joke they sell the joke like, like, like the Marx Leslie brothers Nielsen do that it's you know? like he's playing it very straight and it's just like a th- it's sort of like throwaway it's like it's in real life and it's just sort of yeah, like yeah. part of the thing with this it's like you can see the setup you can see the punchline and it <laughs> oh, just feels yeah, it's, very uncomfortable throughout the entire thing yeah it's really really painful i mean it's it pretty much maybe there was like one sort of funny oh, you joke liked, that you liked one joke uh, which was the um yeah what well, if uh, if it was something about the guy having the gun, the FBI, the Navy, uh, the Air Force guy being like, um, I'd point a gun at you if if it hadn't been taken away to protect my own, like, well-being or something like that. Yeah. Now it's Even in, in my retrospect, head. it just doesn't work. But you uh, uh, you have said out loud, you're like, oh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was something I was like, eh. I mean, but the standards are, you know, the standards that this show creates are just so un- unbelievably low. Um, but um, I did. And then the other part was the one... I guess we should just finish giving the yeah, plot. Oh, yeah, the yeah, plot yeah. a little bit is that when they get to when they get to Las Vegas, um, they win a lot of money right away, and Bo gets embroiled in this sort of uh, scam where a, a, a beautiful woman will take him to a room to play in a high stakes poker game, and the poker game is run by this mob guy who throw, who is obviously cheating and stealing money, and and. Uh, and he ends up helping the and the oh my god there's so many <laughs> yeah. levels to this the woman is only doing it because she's in debt to this guy because her brother was in trouble with the guy and she's only doing it to make money to get her brother safe yeah yeah it, it, blah I mean, blah oh blah but, but basically they they need to win at the poker game in order to make money for themselves to get back on the road or whatever and and also to free this woman from basically indentured servitude or whatever and and uh and and uh yeah and then there's this, this sort of other plot with these two military guys yeah, uh, pentagon guys or something well um, you know what the thing is they could have I, I mean i don't know if it's really worth pointing out huge plot holes in a show like this but like they needed to make a lot of money, but Arlen Frazier, like him, Abe as Arlen Frazier, would only win money. That was like one of the only things he did. Why did they yeah, just go to, back it, to the blackjack table? I mean, he won like a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't they just do that again and not give it away and give it to this? Woman? Yeah, I, I forgot about that, but that's absolutely true. Yeah, Abe is like yeah, the, the luckiest guy in the year. And then as Arlen Frazier, he's even more lucky somehow. You know, yeah, it's the, the, it, yeah, nothing really makes sense about the show. I, I think one sign of the show is uh, towards the end. So they they. You know, both Abe and Bo are forty-five minutes. This is show forty-five—it's endless. Like, it is. It could have been endless. It, this should have been a thirty-minute. Oh show. I mean, my the fact god! That they, it, we're naming like twelve plot points is like—it's absurd. It's crazy. For sure, you know, is this it, simple and sti- like like Citizen Kane is less complex than, than this? But it's like it's like um. But there, there's this moment. I, I think this is so telling about this show, where so, uh, both Bo and Abe are playing this high stakes poker game at the end, and now they're you know Abe is back to normal. They I, I don't who cares about how they got him back to being normal, but, but um, so they're playing the game together and they're using their alien powers. Why Bo didn't do this originally when he was playing the high stakes poker game, I don't know. But they use their alien powers to basically cheat, even though they, before they play oh, the game, don't even. It's not even like. It's, like, it's like when Abe, talking, Abe is really ethical and like super straight laced and he's like I'm not going to cheat I, I can't do that but then they end up doing it like they don't explain that they don't cheat they just don't they just take the advantage away from the cheater who cares oh, oh okay okay maybe I didn't understand but it's that is sort of I, whatever anyway so at the end of the game, the last hand that they win that Abe wins on, he he doesn't he doesn't cheat use it. He bluffs, you know. And um, the mob boss is like, "Let me, you know, before before um, everything is settled, let me see the cards." And he has two threes, right? Um, and which is a bad hand, a, a bad hand. He's, he's bluffing, right? He, he bluffed him out. He psyched him out, you know. Um, and yeah, so they're whatever they're on their way to go, and the guy's like, "Hold one, hold it one second. Someone who wins like that can only be cheating. It's like that's the opposite of cheating. Like if he had like a royal flush, it would be like that's insanely yeah. suspicious." Michael, I think that, that pointing that out is like the teeniest. <laughs> no, no but, but it's just like that level of like putting the show together and like just things like that that don't. And it's not it's not a comedy thing. Like the whole show could have been funny, and that could have been this weird like wait that doesn't make sense. But it's just like. There's just such a lack of care in every aspect of the show, I mean, the you know. Fact that his name um, is Arland. Yeah, you can't get like, over you that. Spent like two writers could have spent like five minutes being like, 
I don't know anything, anything but that, like Elvis Presley. Yeah, Arlen something, Frazier. yeah, something more goofy. Something you know, it, it, just, it sounds boring. Arlen Frazier, what? Yeah, yeah, so weird. I was I telling, I was telling Craig during one of the uh, the breaks that um, a friend of mine who he wrote an article on this Neil Jordan movie called In Dreams. Neil Jordan did like uh, the Crying Game, uh, other movie. In, In Dreams is supposedly really terrible. I've never seen it. I was reading the article, and at the end of the movie, they reveal the villain. His identity and his name, <laughs> and they re- and my friend wrote he's like you know a villain name to rival that of like you know Freddy Krueger and so on. He's like the name is Vivian Thompson, Vivian Thompson, and it's a man, and, and it's a man. It's uh, played by Robert Downey Jr. But it's like like Arlen Fraser's that like Arlen Fraser. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's just like wow. Well, the one you, thing you know? the one thing that I was blown away by in the show and you denied me this but i really think that it's true is when i was in middle school i remember and i i've told this to other people and i don't think that maybe it is a common thing but i don't think it is but when people would say something stupid or like oh weird, yeah, yeah or weird i would always say uh like if you said something dumb to make fun of you i'd be like uh the doctor will see you now which might be semi-com. I don't know. It's really lame, obviously, to say that, um, looking back. But in the show, when they are at the psychiatrist, they're saying all this weird stuff because they're aliens. They're, like, talking among themselves. And then the receptionist says, the doctor will see you now. And I think, I don't know, it's just, it. I would have to guess that that might have influenced that joke. Maybe. See, Maybe. why are you I, so I, reluctant I, to... I don't know. I, I'm just... We, so, so that joke with you, you saying that, because I, I can only remember you doing that recently. I don't remember you saying that as a kid. I said that as a – I've only said it re- – so, brought it back recently as a – because I remember – Okay. That, I see, I don't, I don't remember that at all. So um, I guess that was why. I was like I – but I don't remember that like I would you, say you that saying that as a little I would, kid. Yeah, and, I would say that. No, okay, well, maybe, maybe I, I don't know. Like, if that is the reason that I, who knows? Yeah, this. I mean, that it's like just weird to watch this show twenty years later and see something. Maybe like there's that weird connection. Well, here's the thing: is that rewatching it was so disillusioning to watch. I mean, what I guess I didn't really have high, that high standards, but you know, there was this. We have this. They came from outer spacing, and then the rewatch this and be like, oh boy. So it should have some redeeming facet yes, such yeah. as it influenced this do, thing do you think when you okay so here's a question related to this but like does it is it worth re-watching stuff that you really cared about when you were a kid? oh man you know that's, a, I mean? that's like, a huge question you know because i've been watching a lot of shows from this podcast i've saw, seen a couple of shows that like like heathcliff for instance i was like oh man i love that when i was a kid i thought that was really funny i watched it Oh yeah, yeah. It's I not a quality that. show. It's like you know, growing pains too, sort yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, and like you know, some things do hold up. Like if you watch like you know the Peanuts, you, you know, there's still some things that are like amazing about the Peanuts, like movies and stuff. And you know, like you watch, I don't know, like Ghostbusters. Like I rewatched that last year. I was like, wow, this is really fun. You know, like even mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. you have a little bit, it's different yeah. watching when you're older. But when you watch something and it's terrible, does that like ruin it? <laughs> I mean, it didn't. It didn't ruin it again. Like I didn't really have expectations of this being like you know some master i I guess it's it's sort of like i I think the saddest thing about something like that is we grew up watching so much tv so much and i I don't i don't own a tv now and when i tell people that or that's brought up i i I instantly announce that when i meet people it's always brought up well you do you do lord that over people it makes you better (laughs) yeah i I basically prove my superiority through that fact no but but when that comes up like and people like oh you don't own a tv like i do get shit for that and it's like like uh you know it's this elitist thing but i always say this i watched so much goddamn tv growing up i'm still oversaturated with it so i could go like a hundred more years of now i would just have like too many memories there's too much brain capacity taken up by these tv shows so i think that's the depressing thing is to or sad thing is to go back and watch these things and they're not going to be like i just wasted so much time in my life just watching this cry and you know there's always like the, you know ghosts but like there are these real i feel experiences where you know something like wow that you know like watching that really influenced my life. Yeah, or like watching airplane, like the Zucker Abraham Zucker's, and that's stuff I go back to all the time. I love that. And as a kid, that was like so. It, it was really um, amazing. Like I, 
you know. But then there's all this other for crap. Every, like, oh, for every for every police just... squad, there's an em- sort of empty nest that you saw. Yeah, exactly. Like empty nest. Why, would we, why, why would in God's name would uh, would a kid? I remember watching so... like I'll just name a couple of shows that we watched that like why? Okay, Empty Nest, <laughs> Mr. Drexler's class. Like what is? That I hadn't thought show? about that show in like, years. What is that show? Like I don't know why. Head of the no class. No reason for it to exist. Uh, what are some other ones that we? Oh watched? man, Boy Meets World. All these. I, yeah, I, I all guess. The, all the TGIF, but the, those yeah. at least those were kid like. Yeah, yeah, we those were more some that our... weren't even like kid oriented. Yeah, I don't like the Hogans. Like, I mean, I guess the Hogan family. family. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, d- yeah. Just a lot of stuff like that. I, I remember like. You know, um, the big thing was, you know, when your kid is like, your parents will be like, uh, you can stay up, you know, and, and, you know, watch TV till 11 or, or 1130 or whatever. Oh, you know, big deal. And I remember watching like the Pat Sajak show oh with our my parents. God. Like you saw I, the Pat Sajak. I think just maybe the beginning, just where you know, like and I remember even then just being like, why am I? Why you know, mom and dad were sort of why, why were they watching it? <laughs> That's the real question. But you know, it's like. Yeah, just stuff I don't know. You know, even even like I don't know. Like I, I saw the A Team movie uh, when the, what was that? Like a summer or two ago or something. And just like recalling, like I watched that show. It's just you know, like I guess it's like we look back on this stuff. It's campy, and you know we all know the the classic gimmicks and the you know the stupid things about it. It's just like, but really, why? <laughs> you know, I don't know. There was actually good stuff out there that was worth watching or experiencing. There were butterflies that I could have been. You know, I don't know. You know, like, you could have been catching. Butterflies. Yeah, I could have been like communing with nature or something. And I don't know. To me, it's all worth it. <laughs> it's all grist for the mill. Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, like, yeah, I I just have like an endless like. And the weird thing that I've realized is I have a pretty good gauge of years based on what TV show – like if you name a TV show, I can usually – or a movie, depending. I can usually give you a gauge within a year, like what year that that show is on. Like I'm pretty good at that. Um, so I feel, yeah. I feel like that is a time marker for my life is like when, when these oh, things yeah, came yeah, out. Oh, yeah, yeah, for you sure. You know what I mean? Um, which I guess that's not – like I remember in first grade – like I got uh, – our grandpa went to Jamaica and he got me a Bartman t-shirt. Oh, like, God, So I could yeah, like gauge yeah. things like of like in first grade I had a Bartman and, and, t-shirt. Yeah, and that was instantly 89 to 90. That yeah. was that was the – you know, Bart Simpson craze. That was – yeah, I think nation. that must have been 1990. And I remember – well, I guess it's appropriate that we're talking about Simpsons since that's one of the shows that you want to watch. But I remember walking to kindergarten with you. We'd walk to – well, you were in fourth grade. Mm. And – Walking, probably picking up uh, your friend on the way, Beals. Beals, yeah, and uh, and talking about the very first first episode of The Simpsons. I remember having a conversation about the. You have an amazing memory. Uh, I, but yeah, it's I only based on this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Ba- like I remember talking about because I think it was the, it was the Christmas episode. The Santa's Little Helper thing was. Uh, yes, I think that was the first one that aired. Mm-hmm. Or so, besides for the Tracy, the Tracy Ullman, Ullman thing, yeah, which yeah. I think we also watched that. I do. I do recall seeing those originally. We, yeah. We had, no, I watched the Tracy Ullman. Just everything. I watched anything that was on TV. And, well, the, the, until we got uh, HBO taken away because we. Yes. Do you remember the story behind that? I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> well, no, well, I feel actually maybe we have differing versions of why that happened, but I think one thing was that. Um, there were a lot of scary things that I would watch on HBO that would really freak me out. I was a very, was a very sensitive child, and uh, like one was um, The Gate, um, starring a young, I think, a young Stephen Dorff or something. But it, it's really weird. It's like the gate of hell is in this kid's backyard, and they play a metal album backwards, and it like create whatever. It's this you know satanic chant that opens the gate and like stuff like that and remember watching beetlejuice that's what um, i I remember specifically my my recollection so i must have been like five or six so this is i mean yeah so it could be wrong but i remember that we were we woke up early one morning and we went downstairs and started watching hbo and it was beetlejuice was on and it was specifically beetlejuice and that when mom and dad found out, they thought that was way too scary for us. Well, no, I freaked out. I mean, like, I had horrible... There, there was that scene in Beetlejuice when um, they, try, they try going into the outside world. They're in the oh, house the sand as monster. ghosts. They're, yeah, and there was that sand serpent thing. And that terrified me. Like, I had nightmares about it. And, and mom and dad were just like, whoa, this is... The stuff on that channel hey, is man. too adult. 
I could handle it. Yeah, you could handle your shit, man. I, I, I was like five was, years old. I was, a, I was a different child. I was. A, I had different. Well, um, you I also know. didn't um, ET freak yet, or was no? I, I didn't. I just didn't like ET. I just. Oh, okay. I never. I, I. I thought that was lame, even in like first grade or whenever really? that came out. Yeah, I, I, it's very controversial. <laughs> I. I just never. I thought it was corny. But the other thing, so it was the gate. Be- Beetlejuice was the main one. Beetlejuice, The Gate, and um, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh, I remember watching yeah. that. that was, too. And, and you watch it again, and it's really campy. But even now, watching it, I'm like, this is yeah weird. I like, remember as a kid, that watching it because really... I've never seen that except for then. I was it that or it? Because I remember we also watched. It. I, I never I mean, saw it. No, a... I mean, I, I think I heard about it and clowns and evil and scariness, and I was just like, ah, oh, no, no, staying away from that. Um, but yeah, there was stuff on HBO that, yeah, and then so mom and dad, uh, it was probably for I the think better. That's a, probably a good idea. Yeah, considering, like, uh, yeah, considering you had <laughs> my sensitivities. I think that's pretty good parenting. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. Shout out to mom and dad on that. Um, good job. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we didn't have HBO, but we watched. We watched a lot. Oh, man. Well, I remember also a big thing was when we – because we didn't have – you know, we, we started off just not having cable. And then and then we got cable at some point. The big thing was like MTV and SportsCenter. And I would – you know, a, a lot of the Met games, especially on the West Coast, were really late at night. And I would go down and th- – that was like the beginning of SportsCenter, you know. And I, I would uh, – purposely wake up at a certain hour to you know watch the met highlights really uh yeah oh yeah oh yeah i don't totally that at all well maybe uh i don't know you weren't as interested yeah you were you were sensible and didn't waste any uh sleeping time on On a losing uh, uh, (laughs) they were probably uh, well they they, they had a few good years but yeah Uh, Uh, let's not talk about that either but yeah um and yeah mtv was the other that was huge that was enormous yeah That, that changed my life i mean literally i mean who knows what would have happened if uh, I didn't have MTV? I mean, that changed my music taste, like my taste in things in general. Yeah, MTV. Yeah. Well, I remember you also. You your music taste was very influential on my music taste. Yes, I you. It's were an older brother, very, the younger well, you brother. Were I guess this must have been late '80s, but you were super into hair bands for a little. You like, yeah, that was the first stuff of my time. Well, the first stuff really was the stuff mom and dad passed down, but yeah, from our era or whatever, our what what was out then. Well, yeah, I the first stuff Poison, was Poison, Warrant, Guns and Roses, Roses, Motley Crue, Motley Crue. Yeah, even some really bad shit like Nelson and Bon oh, Jovi. I remember you had Nelson, you really, had really, Yankees, really, damn Yankees. which is like terrible. The, the Nuge isn't damn Yankees. Um, um, yeah, but yeah. I remember. Well, we just said um at the same exact time. Time, but I remember. So, well, I ha- yeah. I don't know if I've told this. Is, well, we also liked um, the Guns N' Roses. I think was the biggest. That was the biggest, yeah, and by I, far. We, Use Your Illusion was a very big album. Oh, that was a, yeah, that that was a huge deal. And I remember buying that. It might have been the first album I bought the day it came out. Wow. I think, yeah. There's some anticipation. So what year is that? That was 92. That was 91 or 92. Oh, maybe 91 but, because Terminator 2 came out in 91. So yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you could be same. mine. That, and that yeah. was the first R-rated movie I ever saw. That's when we, we went to the... You were really young to have seen that. Yeah. At, and you were that, seven? That, that changed my life. That movie... Oh, yeah. I, uh, first of all, it's an amazing. Top, probably top five, top ten movies. I, I, I still love it. I watch it every once in a while, and it holds up to me. Like I really love that movie, and it's so great. Like there's nothing I don't. It's like the about. greatest action movie ever. I would say you've heard it, it here first. Yeah, I, I I would totally agree. And the fact that it's a sequel and it surpasses the first the first one is really good, but it does not hold up in the yeah, way that it, the and even part of that was the special effects were so that, mind that's blowing. What I think you know the, the special effects in Terminator nobody 2 had seen anything like still that. Still hold up. There's only one shot in Terminator Two that I think doesn't hold really? up. Really? What's that? That's interesting. It's yeah. when they're escaping Skynet before it blows up. Dyson's holding the. Uh, oh, that's the an amazing and, scene. Uh, yeah, and Arnold comes out. Uh, and gets shot up by the uh, FBI agents, and he's getting bu- riddled by bullets, and you can see sort of like skin popping off and the metal coming off, and that moment is more puppetry, and it just oh, that's just interesting. See that he's very stiff, and you can see that it's rubber fit. You know, it's yeah, more like, it's more in line with the special effects from the first. Yeah, one. yeah. So that's all. Watching that, that's, I hadn't seen that in a while. That, that's interesting. Considering that, that yeah. that's just one of like a thousand special effects shots in that movie, uh, it's amazing. It's incredible. I mean, yeah, and it, it, I mean, even yeah, at, at the age of eleven, that movie was really as an R movie. I was really. Um, I mean the the scene where she has that dream about the nuclear oh uh, 
um, apocalypse or whatever is really troubling. Yeah, I, mean, I remember crazy. being like very freaked out by that. I want to mention, by the way, I, th- I feel we've lost. They came. We've we'll get back. To they came, came, but I wanted, I wanted to mention. I think the strangest slash most painful part of the that episode, which is. He's tr- he's trying to sell in order to buy back into the poker game. Bo is trying to interest this mob guy uh, in his Corvette. Oh my god! Yeah, this this like vintage Corvette. That was and, the I, I'd say one of the most painful things I've ever watched. Yeah, it, it's unbelievable. He's, and it, he does this act. Yeah, and he, he but he doesn't even start out doing it. He shows him the car, and at first he's talking his normal voice and like this is why the car is good. I'm asking for six thousand dollars. Guys, like no. No, I'm thinking three thousand. He's like, let me interest you in this. Well, how can I? How can I get you to walk away with this car, Tony? You know, and he's doing this like used car, uh, used car salesman voice or something, and it's endless. And it's like cutting back to another scene where another transaction is going on, and then cutting back, and it's just like. I'd say it was like three or four minutes of him doing that accent. It's so unbearable and not funny. It just and wasn't just funny. I feel bad. Amazing. I mean, that guy, I don't know. He hasn't. He was in. So we looked up on Wikipedia. Bo, I forget his name now, but he was in Ski School. He was in um, Summer uh, summer School. Or was that what the name of it? Um, I forget now. You were, you were naming movie. these before. And by great, I mean I, when I was <laughs> yeah. eight years old. Summer uh, Schools with Rodney Dangerfield? No, or no am I making uh, that up? Back to school. Hold oh, on. okay, yeah. I'll get it up. Um, yeah, but the, and they, both of these guys were in ski, sorry, ski patrol together. They, they, were, they were just an unstoppable duo that Hollywood realized, you know, the people were clamoring for them to work together consistently. Um, oh, boy. They came from outer space. With D- Dean Cameron is his name, hmm. and it is called. There were, he was in ski school. Men, men at work was he was in men at work, and he was in summer school. I wonder if those were actually related. Oh well, the, well the, here and here's something. Here's something interesting. Um, he he was in Kicking and Screaming, the Noah Baumbach movie, which uh, which is great. I really love that I movie. Seen it. Um, oh, you, you'd really love it. It's really Wait, terrific. And he was also in Highball, which is another Noah. I think another Noah Baumbach movie, which I haven't seen. But I guess Noah Baumbach really liked this guy. You know what? I think I watched the beginning of Kicking and Screaming. Oh, get into it. oh, here uh, is the uh, True Lies versus Kicking and Screaming. Uh, um, and wait, I just want to look at Highball. Highball yeah, is another Noah Baumbach. So Noah Baumbach really, uh, really saw something in this guy. Not to put him in uh, Squid and the Whale. I mean, well, who knows? No, Jeff or, Daniels no. beat him out. That didn't um, <laughs> for that role. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean. Well, the other, the other one other thing that I, was in this episode that I was sort of blown away by was just, I guess, it's weird because I just would never make a joke like this because it was so mean. But oh, they, the liposuction. They, yeah, yeah. They were like, he's giving out money to people. Abe, when he gets rich as uh, Arland Frazier, is giving out money. And he's giving them money and being like, yeah, why don't you use this to uh, help your dad out? You know, like, he, I guess he knows these stories. And then he tells one bald guy, use the money to get a hair transplant. Okay. Uh, funny joke. Yeah, not funny, a, but No, it's not at all. <laughs> then he gives it to this woman and he says, use this for liposuction. Yeah, awful. And it's just like, what the hell? So mean. It, she wasn't even really she like wasn't that horribly bad. obese. Like, like but I, she's like I, an older woman. I don't know. Like, just, yeah, that's just not really. I feel like maybe also. I feel like we're in a more politically correct moment right now. But uh, but well, I have to. Yeah, but no, that would never. I mean, I can't imagine anybody ever write. It just wasn't funny. It was just malicious. But it, no, there, there's and there's no. That, that's the thing about humor. Like a lot, a lot of stuff. Uh, actually, this uh, this is sort of interesting. I've been thinking about like what you do as a comedian um, in terms of what happened with on uh, another forget Tosh uh oh, Daniel yeah. Tosh is oh, that God, and, and and that stuff and like it's sort of uh, there have been a lot of these debates about like you know what uh, what are the boundaries of comedy and so on and to me it's wit is it witty like like and, and it seems like I mean there, there are differing accounts of what he really said so who knows but if his thing was wouldn't be funny if I don't know. And it depends on tone. It depends on a million things. But if it was just this malicious, yeah, you know, wouldn't it be funny if, if these five guys raped you right now in a really malicious way? Like, it's not witty. Like, there's nothing witty about that. That's just mean. So it's not like – you can say it. I mean, it's a free country, but you're a dick. You're, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and that's the thing about that joke in that movie. It's just – that's mean. It's not, yeah. There's there's nothing witty about it. It's not worked into any it's sort just, of. It just equals you're fat. 
yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Not know, that you can make awful. make a joke about that, but it's like, yeah, there was no, there's no joke. It's just a, like I watch this. There's this. I don't know if it's still on Netflix streaming, but it is unbelievably. I might have to put up a clip of it online. But it's uh, uh, what's his Andrew Dice Clay, like I think a later years or like late '80s stand-up th- special, and he starts by doing a rap, which is unbelievably bad. Like I'm I have Andrew to Dice see Clay, this and I'm here to say I'll make you laugh in a funny way. You know, it's like literally that bad. Ooh. And his some of his jokes are just they're not jokes; they're just offensive. And I, you know, when I had I had read or listened to an interview with him, and he was talking about how he got so much shit you know but it's free speech and i was like yeah you know what like he should like you know okay so what he's making fun it's a character and but then i watched i was like oh these aren't like these aren't funny yeah you have to earn it you have to you have to earn it with actual humor and and the thing is again you can again first amendment man yeah yeah you can still do it but people are going to call you out on your shit as being a being a dick as being a racist a homophobic misogynist asshole you know um well it's it's uh i have to say in the in the episode we watched um, there's a part where he, he uh, Abe competes in uh, an Elvis or yeah, see Arlen Frazier. Uh, Elvis doesn't. Yeah, I, Arland Frazier. Well, and, and we talked about that too because I was like, why not just use Elvis? And you were saying the rights to it, but like. But then I was thinking about in Quantum Leap, they did that all the time where they yeah, do like. But also, he's just so well known. He's a public figure that. I just don't get why they went. And in any case, he, he competes in this Arthur Frazier impersonation contest. And the second guy, second or third guy, whatever, who goes on is, uh, and they're all awful except for uh, Abe. Um, one of the guys who goes on is Japanese. And at first I was like, oh, because I was thinking about the era that this was made. And after the liposuction joke, I was like, oh, this could be really bad. But it wasn't. Yeah, it, I was, wasn't I was worried for a second um, too. Uh, but they, they, thankfully, it was passable. Yeah. That doesn't mean that the whole show wasn't offensive. And it's just, it's just offensive for being bad. It just yeah. Really I mean, being... now I guess it completely makes sense why there are only one season, uh, why we're the only people who mm. saw it. Yeah, they didn't find an audience. Uh, here's another joke that I just found dumbfounding, just dumbfounding as to how this, like, anyone would think that this is a, an actual joke. Is she go, uh, the, the woman, Cassandra, right? Is that her name? I don't who know. Whatever. Uh, Wayne's World reference. Cassandra's uh, Dream, it, it, you're referencing. Yeah. Woody Allen. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so Cassandra's explaining how she got involved with this mob guy, and they're saying, oh, so how how great is your debt to this guy that you have to work off? She's just like, um, well, um, you know, with what I have, I'll be working for him until the turn of the century. And they go, oh, man, you know, that's in 10, ten, years. ten, ten years or whatever. And she's like, no, the next century. It's like, but there wasn't, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's like the way you said it, you would naturally think that it would. I don't know. And on top of that, she like, just had no delivery. Like, oh, yeah, it just, yeah, it's, it was just like she was. Oh, she was a painfully bad actor. I mean, they really found some terrible, terrible actors for the yeah. show. Well, unless you're listening, and we love you, you're great, Cassandra. Whoever played Cassandra, maybe uh, they, yeah, maybe no. they learned, maybe they grew from this experience. You know, they're all newcomers. I don't know. Um, they, so uh, one thing to do on the podcast is figure out a drinking game for the show. So. For they came from outer space. What would be what would be a good drinking game for they came from outer space? Well, one thing we haven't talked about so far is the mugging. Yes. Um, anytime a character just it makes this, you know, a, a really contorted facial grimace in order to signify, uh, you know, whatever the hell it is. Drink away. Also, you'll, be, a you'll weird, be crunked in no time. There was a, a, another weird thing that I think you'd have to do is I don't know if it was ever explained in the series, but Bo and Abe once in a while would sigh at the same exact time, like, but like he yeah, didn't like yeah, in, in weird reactions, like why? odd intervals at weird moments. It, it would just be this strange thing. I yeah, I'd say that would be one. And, and then like yeah, they would just lapse into these like um at one after Abe as transferred out of being Arlen Frazier, they mentioned again, like Arlen Frazier and, and they just do the, they do the lip curl Elvis sort of thing. They does at the same time and they, and they do it off to the side. Like they turn their heads almost like as like a breaking the fourth wall. They, like it's so weird. It's just not explained as to why it's very weird. But the, yeah. I'd say the one thing that did hold up is the Las Vegas woman song was just as Kicking. we remembered it. So and just a rocker. 
And considering how bad the TV show is, the theme song is incredible. Oh, yeah. We have to talk about that. That is the absolute best part of the show. It's this cross. But you, you said B-52s, and my first thought was Devo. Yeah, it's definitely and a mix between It's definitely two. a mix between those two things. And the lyrics are really... They're not like, you know, again, waka waka, but it's... It was like... Uh, they're... No, but it was like something, something in bikinis. Oh, no, it's a microwave bikinis, nuclear graffiti. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's just like, just like funny fun, yeah. funny juxtapositions with words. And it's sort I don't of like know. the visuals are sort of cut and paste. Yeah, cut and paste. It's actually really inventive, sort of. Yeah, it's um, cool. it's an, it, they could have maybe made it a little more wild and weird, but... Yeah, that's the that's like they put more effort into that than yeah the opening pretty, sequ- uh, opening credits awesome. and yeah yeah I was I was impressed um, yeah it, it to me know. it feels like because we were mentioning and I love Bill and Ted you know like that realm of sort of uh, absurd comedy uh, sort of fantastic yeah. things happening like and, Bill and Ted there's yeah. time travel there's heaven and hell in the second one this is in that realm and i think it could be a great show like i th- feel like yeah. if if it had the level of commitment to the acting and the writing that because it's it's a fun idea like there's nothing about it that's not just inherently fun like you said at the beginning the opening was fun like it yeah had, yeah i was like oh this is like there the, everything is going to be like seeing earth for the first time and it that's has so much a potential. great idea yeah. i really do think that and it just like falls so short yeah it's it's i think part of it too is like we were talking about that weird like who is this made for and i think like part of the the weird tone of the film is the like there's this weird you know i was saying the the california stuff of the late the california craze i don't know if it was a craze but um the trend um style of the late 80s early 90s but it, it's this weird sort of like tacky glitz and glamour thing they're going for like because the, the, you know Bo is really into women and the, you know they're in this cadillac and it's just like trying to be cool but it's in a really like really crummy way i can't i can't really like low rent sort of like yeah living the high life but it's i don't know it just feels very um the poor man's um you know uh, american excess sort of thing yeah, I, right, I, I don't know and fake and the way that it was everything about that it. wasn't filmed in vegas by the way at all i i, I would i would wager uh, I pay. I, it just felt like a like you know a crummy sound studio, and they. Well, do that, that's so, usually right. where TV shows are shot. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. But even do do something a little more to make it Vegasy. Like even even just use found footage of Vegas to right. the, you know the strip, and like just give it that feel a little. Put some effort oh, into it, you know. So very. Um, yeah, it's 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 a weird thing. Yeah, the, the Bill and Ted's. Yeah, that is the sort of they are, and Bill and Ted are, are so much more likable than these guys yeah well these uh, guys it, are too. are i th- this must have been made well this was 1990 bill and ted came out 89 so this is probably oh yeah right this is has to be a knockoff writing directly that. but yeah. they uh yeah they're not fun they're just not as fun they're not as like human they're, well they're aliens so i guess, <laughs> yeah, that's I guess part so of it. but it just like it just misses the well, mark I, I was really I, I was saying this uh in the middle of the show that the way i remembered it was that Abe is the straight-laced, uptight one, and Bo is sort of like, you know, super smooth, and he's all about the ladies, right. but he's sort of like a – he's still sort of a dork. He's like, a total dork. And I guess that, that he's he's sort of whiny and just like when Abe turns into Arnold Frazier, he's like, I've got to get him back to – like constantly just saying that and just be like, I don't know, dude, like go with it. <laughs> like I don't know. Like have more fun with it. Just be, like have more adventure. Like I don't know. It's like immediately he's just like – Especially – that's funny to mention that because at the beginning he gives this whole speech about just having fun. Yeah. Remember? It's like just go with the flow and have fun. God, what a terrible! Yeah, it's it's really it's weirdly inconsistent in a lot of ways. We were talking about the two, whatever. It's not worth going into, but the two military characters like sort of switch, like person and not in the. Yeah, at one point, one of them's like uh, uptight and work oriented, and and he he's smarter than his boss. And then the second, yeah, that's the joke. Obviously, yeah. The second they get to Vegas, their their personalities completely completely. Yeah, and it it was not like a choice. It was just like let's make this guy kooky now. Yeah, it's it's just really sloppy. Yeah, right. But I want to talk about the the California. I don't know if uh, whatever we should how much there is left to say about this, but. Um, Very little. <laughs> no, but the California thing of the late '80s, early '90s, and I was thinking about it. It's like, why then? Like, why that? You know, what? What do you think? Because I think it I'm was probably to... the music videos. I think it was like bikini, mm. 
Maybe something like that. I don't know what it was. But I, when you were saying that before, I was like, couldn't put my finger on it. But like, what what culturally would have led to that? Like, because I, I was thinking that. But here's another thing: is that sort of California stuff is always in style because the entertainment industry is pretty much located in California, and they just recycle the same stuff, and they they you know they can hold the mirror up so easily to what's right you know outside their window. So I don't know. It's just you know, but around that time, Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero. I mean, just. Yeah, it's weird. How, I don't. I don't. You know. Yeah, because there was that in the '60s. There was the Beach Boys surfing craze and all that. Like, Everybody how did it just come? want some sunshine? But then in the '70s, there was the soft rock California sound. Was like maybe it's just always maybe it's always a thing. We're just living in a Californian world, really. And and I am a California girl, which Katy Perry, whatever. There's a new California girl song, right? Is that, there? Yeah, oh, it's, it's not the Beach Boys song. But, it's the uh, <clears throat> is that the one with Snoop Dogg? I have no idea. All right, I know. I, basically, my knowledge of of Katy Perry is she exists and she has that song and maybe like another like I, I kissed a girl or whatever. What? And fi- there's a song called Fireworks that now will forever be played at July Fourth. Um, fireworks. <sighs> what have you shows. done? What have you done, Katy? Well, here's and here's another California thing. Uh, David Lee Roth covered California in California, and that that video was that's. Um, Oh no! Um, actually, my favorite David Lee Roth video is the um, uh, "Just a Gigolo" video, yeah, where he's making fun of all the different uh, music videos. But yeah, he was sort of in on it. The the you know California thing. Everybody was a part of it. I don't know. Maybe it was Reagan. Reagan was from California. I don't. It, it was. It was just that it was the you know the '80s, the go go '80s, and just like the go goes, the go goes, and and uh, and all that, all those girl bands and whatnot. No, but it, you know that that sort of like just like, dude, it was just this like really carefree sort of you know. Ignorance is bliss. I'm. I. I do not want to use my brain anymore. And then Bill and Ted flipped uh, it on its son. Eighty nine. They ended it. You. You think that was the the culmination? The, well, I the, think it was definitely a different way to look at. Like they. Wait. Making, what do you mean though? They were it, making fun of. Like they made fun of. Like they were how so stupid. stupid they, they were. They were so stupid, and then they were like basically the messiahs. Like they were. The, that's they were, interesting. They I hadn't thought of it like that. That was the big paper I wrote in, in college. Oh my a, god! That's I want to read this. Is that uh, because they are the MTV generation? They're really stupid, and mm. they are the future. They and they, they save the world through rock and they roll. They save the world through rock and roll, and they're worshipped in the future. And they're so stupid. And they're and them visiting, going back in time is like an MTV riddled brain version of of, of what? Yeah, these cliched versions of of uh, you know ancient Greece and, and all that. That's why it's so genius. We, so, but here here's a here's the major here's a major question because I haven't seen the film in a long time. Do you think it's intentionally yes making fun of that or okay yes it's very smart movie and I I mean. I totally think. And then huh. the second one is a great movie, too. And I tell this to everybody, but Terminator 2 is probably my favorite sequel. I mean, Godfather 2, of course, is the yeah, go-to. Yeah, but, of course. But uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey is, one is the I think, the best comedy sequel there is. Well, that's one of those – I've actually only seen parts of it on TV, and I love – I loved it. Like they're in hell, and it's insane. It's, a it's great unbelievably of insane. Hell and their version of heaven's amazing. It's it's basically instead of re throwing regurgitating the first movie, they went in. A, that's they the went Heightened it to a crazy. Yeah, that, that's that's what I was gonna say. Is and I even love like failures like that. Like um, The Exorcist Two is really not good at all, but it definitely does not recycle the first one. It just goes in a really weird different I direction. Yeah, check it out. It's it's you know. Again, don't go into it thinking Whereas, you're going to see, but it's just like it, you can't believe what you're watching at moments. It's just really weird. It involves like Africa and locusts. Oh, I and, did see. I, uh, I oh, like okay. I saw, I saw some of that. I think I've seen some of it. Yeah, and and this weird telepathy machine that like it's just a totally different you know world. And I, I love think that. You got to do that. Yeah, you you have to like I've I've heard that about like recent um, <laughs> movies I didn't even see the original, but like uh, it just came to mind. Um, off the top of my head, but like The Hangover, apparently, like the sequel is just like, it's wow, insane. yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I and, mean, it is what it is. It's it's, but but just why? Like I don't know. Like do something, uh, throw mil- us a curveball, millions ball, and you know? millions of dollars. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, that's right. how it works. That's it. Um, well, <laughs> bam, cutting it off. Um, well, thanks so much, Michael, for um being here and being oh yeah, it was great. Thank you for being my brother. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and thank you so much. for being my brother. Too. Um, I don't know, but do you have anything that you'd want to plug, uh, right now? 
No, I don't know. Like I, I don't work in the same universe as the people who are usually on the show. So um, I'm going to be having uh, an uh, article I wrote about one. Probably, actually, if you put a gun in my head, my favorite Fellini, my favorite movie ever, uh, Satyricon, Federico Fellini movie. That's going to be coming out soon on Reverse Shot, ReverseShot.com. So check um, out reverseshot.com. Yeah, and and a uh, and a book review I'm doing on Jay Hoberman's uh, new book that should be on uh, out on Book Forum, uh, their website. Um, it's part part of Art Forum in the next few weeks. Basically. So if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a big fan of Reverse Shot. Yeah, and, you're uh, obviously and book huge, forum. <laughs> uh, huge film uh, uh, intellectual uh, people. So, um, yeah. Oh well, that that was a dick. That, yeah. Well, it's a comedy show. I don't know, like, if you, like Satyricon. That's not related. I don't know. Whatever. Um, well, check. If that. you love Satyricon, say, if you love it. Satyricon, check it out. If you hate Satyricon, check it out. <laughs> All right. Um, thanks so much, Michael. And thank uh, you. It was great. And uh, we we came from outer space. Cruise control, rock and roll, nuclear repeating, I'd like to thank my brother Michael for stopping by and uh, watching uh, Blast from the Past. They came from outer space. Uh, If for some reason after hearing us talk about how crappy it is you want to check it out, go to Hulu. I don't know why it's on Hulu, but it is. Uh, Thanks again for listening. Uh, Leave a comment on iTunes. Leave a comment on spray paint on the subway walls. Don't do that. It's illegal. And thank you for listening and have a great night. And an early manana. Adios, amigos. I said,